Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love in Action. I am Ken Tuck. I'm so thankful that you have joined me this morning. Whether you're listening to the Joy FM on 94.3 or 96.1 FM, or you may be streaming live online at alabama.thejoyfm.com or via the Alabama Joy FM app. So many ways to listen to the radio nowadays, and praise God for that technology. However you are tuning in, thank you for tuning in today. Have you heard about the full armor of God? Well, we're going to kick off a new series today about the full armor of God. A lot of people have heard of it, but do we really understand what the full armor of God is, what it means, and how we can use it in this life to fight off our enemy? We're going to get started this morning on that series But before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, Abba Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, the name that's above all names. Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. We praise you this morning. Thank you for being so awesome. Thank you for loving us like you do. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming here to this earth, living a perfect life, dying for our sins on that cross and on the third day rising from the grave. And all who believe shall not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for paying that price for us, Lord. And I pray, God, for those who are listening this morning that have not given their lives to you. They have not received your forgiveness, your salvation, your life. I pray this morning will be their time that they will call out to you and surrender their lives to you. Father, I thank you for your word. God, you give us instruction. You give us everything we need to live this life for your glory, to live this life victoriously in you. And we just thank you for your full armor that we're going to begin studying today. And as we open up your word, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us. Guide us, direct us into all your truths, Father God. And I pray, God, that we will apply your word to our lives, that we will be doers of your word and not hearers only. So, Father, just bless this time, and may you be glorified. And it's in Jesus' holy name I pray in. Amen. If you're not driving this morning as you're listening to this message, I want to encourage you to open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. Ephesians Chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. That's where we're going to be camping out for this series. There's other scripture we're going to look at, but that's our main text. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, there's a table of contents. Never be afraid to use your table of contents. And turn to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6. And while you're turning there, just want to tell you, if you miss any of these messages on this series and you would like to hear them again, You can subscribe to the Love in Action podcast. You can subscribe on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. Well, let's start reading. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. This is the Apostle Paul writing, of course, through the inspiration of God through the Holy Spirit. And he is writing to the church of Ephesus. And beginning in verse 10, Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces 
of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplications. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. The Apostle Paul is telling us here to take up the whole armor of God. But what is this armor, and how do we put it on? And is it still relevant for Christians today? Many times we read things in the Bible, but we don't take time to study, to totally understand what God is telling us. And this armor of God is so important. And that's why we're going to devote time and weeks of doing a series on the whole armor of God. And and my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will teach us and show us exactly how to put on this armor, how to use this armor, because God gives us these instructions. He gives us these weapons to defeat the enemy. Of course, now we have to remember Jesus has ultimately defeated Satan. So we get to fight this battle from victory. And that changes everything when we look at it that way. And the question is, is it still relevant for today? You better believe it is. I believe it it may be even more so than at any other time in modern history, because there's so much going on in the world. There's It seems like the, the evil just continues to grow, and it's just it's some dark times. And so, yes, we need the whole armor of God. We need to have it on, and we need to use it. And so that's why we're studying this. I felt like the Lord's put this on my heart, and it's time for us to really dig into this subject. The MacArthur Bible Commentary says this about the scripture we're reading. The true believer, the Apostle Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 1 through chapter 3, who lives the spirit-controlled life of chapters 4 through chapter 6, verse 9, can be sure to be in a spiritual war as described here. Paul closes this letter by warning about that war and instructions on how to win it. The Lord provides his saints with sufficient armor to combat and thwart the adversary. In verses 10 through 13, Paul briefly sets forth the basic truths regarding the believer's necessary spiritual preparation, as well as truths regarding his enemy, his battle, and his victory. In verses 14 through 17, he specifies pieces of spiritual armor with which God equips his children to resist and overcome Satan's assaults. The believer's Bible commentary says this about the scripture. The hosts of Satan are committed to hinder and obstruct the work of Christ and to knock the individual soldier out of combat. The more effective a believer is in the Lord, the more he will experience the savage attacks of the enemy. The devil does not waste his ammunition on nominal Christians. In our own strength, we are no match for the devil. 
So the first preparatory command is that we should be continually strengthened in the Lord and in the boundless resources of his might. God's best soldiers are those who are conscious of their own weakness and ineffectiveness and who rely solely on him. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Our weakness commends itself to the power of his might. Paul, an apostle of God's first century church, has a story to tell us. If you've never studied the life of Paul, I encourage you to do so. What a phenomenal man of God Paul was. And we know he didn't start out that way. He started out as the chief adversary against the first century church. And then Jesus came to him and literally knocked him off his horse. And Paul just totally sold out to Jesus at that point and became the apostle who wrote about three quarters of the New Testament. And he has a story to tell us right here in Ephesians chapter 6. It's a story of how we can be victorious. It's not just a story, it's instructions to victory. Now, Paul, he was accused of sedition. He was beaten, arrested. He was almost killed. He was shipwrecked. He was attacked by a snake. He was placed under house arrest. Most would call this list an unfortunate run of bad luck. But Paul knows there's no such thing as luck. And Paul recognized it as it was just part of his job and recognized that there is an enemy that is out to destroy the children of God. He was imprisoned in Rome for two years under the watchful eyes of the Roman soldiers. And during this time, Paul was able to write four of his letters, which are called epistles. He wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, and continued preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ to all those who came near him. And we know that because as we read his epistles, we see that he's doing that. And also Acts chapter 28 verses 31 through 30, 30 through 31 tells us that he kept on preaching to all those who would listen. And living two years with soldiers of the Roman army must have made an impact, an impression on Paul. And it's likely that Paul saw the soldier's armor enough to become well acquainted with it. He learned to understand the function of each piece and what purpose it served and why it's important. And at some point, a God-inspired analogy began to form in Paul's mind. Just as the Roman soldiers required physical armor to fight their wars, we as Christians require spiritual armor to successfully fight ours. And as the pieces fell into place, Paul saw that each piece of Roman armor had a powerful correlation with our own spiritual defenses. It is this analogy that the church of Ephesus received and which God has preserved over 2,000 years for our benefit. So why do we need this armor anyway? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 tells us, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So how is it that we as Christians are expected to withstand incredible pressures like this and not be defeated? That's a fair question. Here's another one. How can we possibly stand up against everything the world has to throw at us and still expect to emerge victorious? Those are very fair questions. But the answer lies not in ourselves, but in the divine and unbeatable defense, the armor of God. 
We have to understand that we cannot rely on our own power, our own strength, because against Satan, we'll get defeated every single time. But when we depend on God, on his might, on his strength, who's already defeated Satan, God gives us an armor, full armor to wear, then we can know that it's his divine and unbeatable defense that we have on our side. And therefore, that's how we can withstand all this pressure. That's how we can withstand the attacks of the enemy. And so the next question has to be is, what is the armor of God? Well, we just read about it in Ephesians chapter 6, and I encourage you to just take these verses, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, and just really just read over it and read over it again, read over it again, and just meditate on it. And what I mean is just pray over it, ask God to just show you his word, what, what he, everything he wants you to, to see, want to know, and then start understanding what each piece means. And we're going to go over each piece of the armor in this series. But God, he's given us this armor, and it's an amazing metaphor for action that we need to take in our spiritual lives. Paul sets the scene for us. We're fighting a war, and the stakes are higher than they've ever been in human history. And we are fighting a war right now. If you're a believer, you are fighting a war. And I read earlier at the Believer's Bible Commentary that the enemy is going to go all out for those who are really making a difference for the kingdom of God. So the temptation may be, well, I'll just kind of be a nominal Christian. Well, you know what? There's no such thing as a nominal Christian. We're either following Christ and living for him or we're not. If your idea is, well, I'll just kind of be a nominal Christian, I'll just kind of sit back, that's not being a Christian. That's not living for the Lord. So just take that excuse and throw it away right now because we have to live for the Lord. You've heard me preach and teach about the Great Commission over and over again. And that's what we have to do is the Lord's Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And so as we do, the enemy's going to fight back. He's not just going to sit back and let us go forward and keep telling people about Jesus and keep making disciples without fighting us. But that's why God gives us weapons that we can use to not only withstand the enemy's attack, but to defeat him as well. And again, remember, we are fighting from victory. Jesus has already given us the victory. And we have to remember our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's not a human foe that we fight against. We fight against a much more fearsome opponent whose forces are described in Ephesians chapter 6, 12. Our adversary is Satan, the devil, and his host of demons have a single driving purpose, and that's to obliterate the children of God. This is something else we have to understand. Too often, we want to say it's, it's a certain person or a certain people type. What I mean by that is another religion, for example, uh, Islam. It's not the people. It's not the individual. It's not the groups. It's the driving force behind that. Satan uses people to come after us, and we have to understand that. So we can't hate the people. We can't hate the person. Satan is the one who we're fighting against, not the person. And once we understand that, the understanding of our battle becomes so much clearer and we can really go forward in battle and be victorious. We're faced with the cares of this world, and when we are, we can easily forget about the severity of this battle. Our day-to-day lives can get so busy that we are distracted, and that's a tool of the devil too, to distract us from what's really going on. And what's really going on is a spiritual battle. 
Our spiritual lives and future in God's kingdom are on the line every day. We have to understand that. And if we lose this war, we lose everything. And what can we do in the face of such overwhelming odds? Is there any hope? Well, yes, of course there is. When our hope is in Jesus Christ, we have the victory. We can win any battle that the enemy brings up against us. And Paul has to answer. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, he gives the call to arms. By putting on all of God's armor, which we will be exploring each piece, piece by piece, and following lessons, we can be assured of withstanding our enemy's onslaughts. And also, one very important thing to remember, we are instructed by God through the Apostle Paul to put on the whole armor of God. We've read that. But something we have to remember is God does not tell us to take it off. We must keep the armor on at all times. Don't take it off. Keep the armor on always. If we were to take it off, then God would tell us. But he doesn't. So that means we need to put on the whole armor of God and we need to keep it on. There are other references to armor in the Bible. For example, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 17. The prophet writes, For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. So yes, though the passages may not explicitly call it the armor of God, there are sections of the Bible that further elaborate on this topic. And even right here, we see two very familiar pieces of God's armor. And that's Isaiah mentioned the helmet and the breastplate. And he does introduce two other pieces, the clothes of vengeance and cloak of zeal. Now, we won't be looking at the clothes of vengeance because that belongs exclusively to God, as, as we read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30. So that's God's. He's got that taken care of. But the cloak of zeal, however, is an interesting study, and we will spend some time looking at that later on in this series. Let's turn to Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know the time. And again, this is the Apostle Paul writing, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its, its desires. Now here, Paul, he admonishes the Romans to put on both the armor of light and the Lord Jesus Christ. We see here how that both the wearing of the armor of God is synonymous with having the character of God and that this armor cannot be worn if we're still wearing the works of darkness. So see, it's a lifestyle of sin that separates us from God. As we read in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 through 2, Isaiah writes, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face 
from you so that he does not hear. So you see how sin separates. And that's where Satan wants wants to come in. He wants to cause us to sin so it'll separate us from God. But praise God, Jesus Christ came to bring us back into fellowship with the Father, to bring that relationship back together. And now God gives us an armor, the whole armor, that we can fight off the attacks of the enemy, the temptations of the enemy. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7, By truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Now, you see, the battle is often in the mind. That's what Paul's writing here. We, we have to take captive every thought. When a thought comes to our mind, we know it's either coming from God or it's coming from Satan, or it's just something that we thought. And we really know the difference of what it is. And if that thought isn't coming from God, we need to, to get rid of it. That's what it says, take the thought captive. And when you take that thought captive, it's time to crush it and get rid of it and think on the things that God wants us to think upon. And that's why we need to be in his word. The more we're in his word, the more we're going to think about his word. And the more his word is going to build up our faith and strengthen us. And we see here that Paul, in these verses we just read out of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, he calls the armor of righteousness and reveals its purpose. He says, we must put on the armor and strength of God to effectively wage war against our enemy. And our enemy, once again, is Satan. And without it, we're helpless. But with it, we are soldiers of the living God, and we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. We are more than conquerors. Why would God tell us we are more than conquerors if we could not be? He wouldn't, because God cannot lie. God's going to tell us the truth and only the truth, because he is the truth. When our minds stay f- focused on the truth, then we're not going to give in to the lies that are out there. And who's the father of lies? Satan. The word of God says when he speaks, he lies, and that's his native tongue. So when we're focused on the truth, we don't have time for the lies. And that is so important today, especially because social media has really brought a lot of lies into the life of of everyone who's on social media. I mean, people can get on there and say anything, and unfortunately, People nowadays believe about anything because they don't take time to see what the source is, where the source is coming from. Does not take time to say, hey, is this something that God is speaking or is it just something that man's speaking or is it just a lie straight from the pit of hell? And that's how the conspiracy theories get going and people panic. And we've seen a lot of panicking going on uh, this year as well, obviously, as in 2020 as well. Just more and more people are panicking, stressing out because they're not focusing on the truth. When we focus on the truth, even when times are chaotic, we can have peace 
We can be calm and we can keep moving forward in the things of God, proclaiming the gospel, making disciples who can make disciples, and doing the work of the kingdom, growing closer to the Father. We can do all of that. You know, we just came through the pandemic, and I know the pandemic is still technically going on, but more and more things are returning to so-called normal. But even the normal isn't what was normal before 2020. But no matter how chaotic it is, if we stay focused on the truth, we're going to have peace, and we won't panic, and we'll be able to continue to grow in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and continue to do the work of the kingdom. So please stay focused on the Word of God. If, if you're not reading the Word of God daily, I can't stress enough how important it is to be in His Word daily and let His Word just saturate your hearts and your mind. And that way we're focusing on the truth and not on the craziness that's, that's this world now. So as we move forward in this series about the whole armor of God, we will look at how the scripture that we're reading, our key scripture, Ephesians 6, 10 through, verses 10 through 20, how it's divided into three subsections. And we're going to look at each one of them next week. One is the Lord's strength. Two is standing firm. Three is being consistent in prayer. And after that, we will look at each individual weapon that makes up the whole armor of God. So I pray that you'll just open up your word, study, focus, concentrate, pray about Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, and join me each week. And again, if you miss one or if you miss any and you want to, you want to hear them, the Love and Action podcast will have all of the messages on it. And again, you can subscribe to that on Podbean, as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I want to thank you for joining me this morning. And I pray that we will all put on the full armor of God. And as we learn more about the armor of God, that we will use it in our daily battle against the enemy. If you would like more information about Love and in Action International Ministries, I encourage you to visit our website, and you can find that at loveinactionministries.com. It's a great landing place to see what all we do locally here in Dothan and the Wiregrass, as well as what we do overseas in different parts of Asia, as well as in Haiti. And you can find all that at loveinactionministries.com. Encourage you to please pray for us, get involved with us. You can volunteer, you can donate financially locally. There's items that we use to minister to the homeless and to the needy right here in our community that, that you can help with that as well. And, and everything is right there on our website, including our weekly schedule for local ministries here in Dothan. Also, I encourage you to follow us on Facebook. The Love in Action Facebook page, we update often, and you can see what all God is doing through the ministry and, and ways you can get involved as well. So I encourage you to follow us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at LIA Ministry on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram as well. But just be honest, we use Facebook more than any of the other social medias. Uh, we also have videos on YouTube that you can check out as well, as well as Vimeo. But uh, all the, again, all that's on our website, loveinactionministries.com. If you have any questions, 
about the ministry or about following Jesus, most importantly, or becoming a disciple of Christ, learning how to make disciples, feel free to contact me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. That's my email, ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Our phone number at Love in Action is 334-494-4995, 334-494-4995. And again, if, if you've called out on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please let me know. I'd love to give you some next steps. If, if you'd like for me to pray with you about that, I would love to do that as well. Or if you just have questions, please ask. There's nothing more important than giving our lives to Jesus Christ. The most important decision that we can ever make in this life. It affects our eternity. Know that Jesus loves you, and he wants to save each and every one of us, and he loves us all the same. Well, again, thank you for joining me today. I hope you have a great rest of the day this Sunday. I pray that you have a great week coming up, and I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace.